Hello, everybody. I'm Spaghetti. Joined here at sports. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you've just come I've right in and it. taken it. I've embraced it at this point. No um, backstory. You're Spaghetti. I'm Spaghetti at this point. I'll give a little bit of the backstory um, for some of uh, Chris's friends that have listened to the podcast. Right, but, and there are plenty. There are plenty um, that have listened to the podcast that uh, don't know me personally. Uh, I was introduced at the Walker wedding as Spaghetti, so I'm kind of just... If Chris is sports, I guess I'll be spaghetti. So I'm embracing that. I don't think you were introduced as spaghetti. No, they kind of they kind of just like, yo, you're spaghetti. Well, so what happened was, every time like somebody would ask me who you were, because you're very outgoing, right? Like me, you're very outgoing. Mm. If you touch that cord, and the mic cuts out, Mister Panthony, Mister Spaghetti, then we're gonna die. I'm just letting you know. I still love you though. Keep it on the pod. No, you're fine. We're good. Look at that. Look at that blue line. I know. I just wanted to, to tease it away from myself. <laughs> so anyway, the <laughs> wedding, we had our wedding Saturday. If you if you listen, then you know. Um, then you would, then, then if you were there, you know this. Anyway, Anthony was introduced to me or by me to everybody else as, oh, he's the other half of my podcast. And they're like, Oh, so who's sports and who's spaghetti? And I'm like, I don't know. And then they just started calling you spaghetti. Probably because you're larger than I. I'm all right with that. I'm okay but I don't think they were making fun. No, no. Even if they were, I'd be okay with it. But I, listen, I know my role. It's okay. No, it's okay. no. <laughs> you sound like me in high school playing <laughs> hockey. I know my role. I open the doors. Um, anyway, today's going to be a fairly... Fairly quick episode, something we've done a million times. Um, just because we're still recovering from the Walker wedding. It was a great time. We had a great time. Chris is wearing the new ring. It's wonderful. Yeah, I tell you what. The sapphire in it. It's Sabrina's birthstone. Uh, it's really cool. I, I mean, if you asked Melissa, if you asked my mouse about it, she says, you're such a girl. You're such a woman. Which, <laughs> that comes as no shock to anybody that I, that listens to this. I keep talking about it. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Wow, this is really cool. It's shiny. Yeah. It was cool. It's cool to have. And and uh, I don't know. It, it was a lot of fun, right? I mean, it was a fun day. It was a great time. It, it was, was a fun three days. Fun two days. Yeah, I mean, Aunt and I hung out on Friday night. And we watched hockey with some of my friends. You got to meet some of my friends. Um, got to see the Islanders win a game, which was a lot of fun. Minnesota won too. And a Minnesota won. Uh, different stories happened uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, but anyway, no, it was a fun weekend. And I think I speak for both of us, both Melissa and I, and saying um, we're kind of like, we're, we're really, we really chilled out yesterday and, and kind of today, like, like it was a work day and I didn't, I didn't teach today. It was chill. Yeah. And it was nice to chill for two days, and we're happy that it's over. It was a three-year buildup, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Now it's something off our plate. It's a huge thing yeah. off our plate. But anyway, uh, there was good food there, but nothing like what we have tonight. True, Sue. So the wedding's off your plate. Let's talk about what was on our plate tonight. And that was some basic... Uh, we made some basic Alfredo with some chicken, some grilled chicken. Um... You know, the standard homemade pasta recipe, we've been over this a million times before. Um, it's the Grammy recipe. It is. Um, 
Yeah, so we do we do the Grammy recipe for the pasta. We're not going to bore you again. We'll do a we'll do a special editorial of just the pasta once we once we veer into our uh, our video scape. Oh, absolutely. Soon. So we'll do that. So that'll we'll, probably be our first thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, so you won't have to uh, constantly you know reference the the Grammy's pasta. Um, but Alfredo sauce very simple. Um, so we just did about two and a half cups of Parmesan cheese. And my rules, as I've said many times before, shred your own cheese, it makes the difference. So we have two and a half cups shredded Parmesan cheese uh, right off the block. And then I actually got to the end, so I'll give you guys another tip. Uh, next time you're making red sauce or gravy, if you're crazy, like Brian, um, save those Parmesan rinds, throw them in the sauce, they give them a good flavor. Now let me ask you this. So... We talked about cheese on a few other episodes because we've made pizza, we've made pasta before, right? We've made other stuff Italian like this. Mm -hmm. By the way, nice to go Italian after the Greek and after the, you know, and everything else. Nice to go back to our roots. Back to the roots. Uh, but in any event, talk about why you shred the cheese because you taught me something interesting about a month or so ago when we were making the tacos mm -hmm. uh, for the show. And you said to do something very specific to the cheese. And we talked about it on the show, but I want you to explain why. Yeah, so if you have the regular bag cheese, um, there's an anti-caking agent on it that prevents it from like caking up in the, um, in the bag. Um, that also prevents it from melting. So it's not going to melt. It's not going to become cohesive. It's going to kind of just stay in the shape of each individual shred. And that's why um, you end up with, like, if you make nachos with bag cheese, it just, like, sits atop exactly, the, the chips. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you can actually almost see the outline. Like, if you have, like, the, the tri-blend, you see, like, the lighter cheese and the dark Yeah, you can yeah. see the Monterey Jack and Cheddar shreds. Precisely. Um, so, we just had a block of cheese, and that you don't have to do, you know, anything. But uh, what I was getting to was, if you do use the bag cheese, just rinse it with some cool water. Um, obviously you don't want to melt it, but just rinse it, especially if you're going to go ahead and melt it. Um, it makes, it makes all the difference. It's going to be able to, um, melt a little bit better. And, and for those people that don't want to rinse cheese off, just use just shred, yeah, shred your own. fresh cheese. Yep. And that's the best option. Get a, get a little box grater or something like that and just shred your own cheese. I, that, I, I tell you what, it doesn't cost more. No. Because I was just at the store yesterday and Melissa said, do we need any more Parmesan? And I was like, no, I got it at the store like almost a month ago. Mm -hmm. And we use it multiple times a week at, to top pasta, yeah. sauce and everything. And I have like three quarters of it left. You can get so much out of a block of cheese. So yeah, no need yeah. to buy a bag. No. It seems expensive, but it goes a long way. Yeah, so for the rest of the for the rest of the sauce, like I said, about two and a half cups of the cheese. Um, I do mine a little different. I like to saute up an onion. I like the flavor an onion gives you. Um, so saute up an onion, some garlic, get that going, and then this is where we get a little indulgent. Um, it's a stick of butter, which eh, is not great, but it's not, nobody said this was healthy. So stick of butter, Melt that in. No, nope, this is not Chris. This is not Chris's cooking channel. Okay, no. today this is this is let's have a good Alfredo. This is uh -oh. not the skinny menu. Yeah, so we do a little little uh, little stick of butter in there, a little bit of heavy cream, and then once that gets to a certain temperature, almost where it's to a foamy consistency, um, then you're just gonna grate your cheese in, mix it in till it gets all smooth, and then throw your pasta in. Um, and like I said, we like to add um, some chicken, so. 
Um, I have the... Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> we just add the chicken. Yeah, just garnish it with chicken. No, your chicken was specifically asked for by me last week. Correct. During this wedding planning, during this ridiculous game we'll talk about that we went to, uh, no, the chicken Anthony makes in on his grill, which is which is a unique grill indeed, is top tier. Yeah, so my <laughs> appreciate that. My chicken is um, uh, my grill at least is uh, it's a pitmaster, so it's it's um, wood pellet uh, fed, um, so it does have that woody flavor. Not exactly charcoal. You could use charcoal and stuff pellets if you want, but I prefer the wood pellets. Uh, the one I'm using now is actually. Um, for this for this recipe, they are uh, pellets made from the wood of previously used Jim Beam barrels. You told me very w- before this pot even yeah. started that you liked that one. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, and then my chicken is pretty simple. I just bought some tenderloins because those are what were on sale, yeah. the pre-cut ones. So they're little smaller pieces. Um, I get the grill as hot as it goes. I mean, it just says high, but it goes about 550, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the trick is while you're marinating it, marinating it, marinate it at room temperature. Um, what that does is it doesn't leave the inside cold. So when you go ahead and grill it, it's not going to absolutely char the outside and the inside be raw. So it's going to cook it a little, a little more evenly. And no, if you leave it out for, how, how long do you marinate it for? I don't know, about an hour, hour and a half. If you leave it out for an hour, you just took it out of the fridge, it's going to be cold. Yes. It's not going to go bad, especially, I mean, obviously there's salt as part of the marinade, and it's going to... There is no salt in the marinade, and there's I'll tell no you why. Salt. Well, forget what I said. I said <laughs> salt helps preserve stuff, but in any event, an hour out of the fridge is not going to kill you. No, no. Um, so the marinade's fairly simple. Uh, it's a little bit of olive oil. Um, I use. I mix it up a little bit. I did a little bit of, um, I think I used red vinegar, red wine vinegar. Either red wine or balsamic, one or the other. I don't know what I had up in my cabinet. I think it was red wine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did some coarse ground pepper, as we all know I love, but just enough to just enough to give it flavoring without uh, turning the the mouse off of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did that. I did a little bit of parsley, a little bit of oregano. Um, I just had the jarred stuff. If you have it fresh, which we will in the summer, um, definitely do that. It's going to be a lot better. Um, and then I like to make garlic paste. I just prefer that now. Um, I'm at the point where you can finally dice stuff, but especially in a marinade, paste works really well. Um, so I did some garlic paste and then a little bit of flavor because to me, unless you make it really like heavily seasoned, Alfredo is a kind of bland dish, I guess. Yeah. Um, I do a little bit of... Um, a little bit of crushed red pepper and then a little bit of smoked paprika in the marinade. Not enough, just enough to barely change the color of it, essentially. So it's not going to be too crazy. It's not going to be spicy at all. It's just going to be some undertones of those flavor. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's good stuff. It sounds simple, but it is so good. When I tell you that the flavor of the, of that Jim Beam ate, and I don't drink Jim Beam ever. I don't know if I've ever even had it. But you get that not alcoholic woody no, you taste. Get your notes. You get vanilla. The, yeah, you little, get yeah, those yep. the tannins. The, the, the earthy tones. The earth yeah. tones of 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 the the cask of the barrel. Yes. And so it what it does to the chicken 
on top of it works so well with the paprika with the crushed red pepper even though it's not enough to make it spicy mm-hmm. it just complements it so well it really that grill does so much for the chicken out there it does more than the skillet would or the oven and then we we briefly mentioned it there's no salt in the marinade yeah. because um at the tenderloins they're pretty small I didn't want to marinate it with salt because I didn't want the salt to draw out moisture. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to keep it. This is just something I'm trying. I usually do put salt in the marinade. Um, but since there's such small cuts of chicken and they're really lean cuts of chicken, I didn't want to um, I didn't want to go ahead and make them rubbery or make them tough or anything. So I'm going to no. season them right as they go on the grill. That's going to be my little experiment of the day. Um, well, or they, I season them right as they went on the grill. That's well, they, I mean, they, they, you, when when I read about steak and how to, and everybody has their idea of what a good steak is, they say don't don't keep it you know seasoned too long before yeah. you put it on the grill. So it's the same principle here, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, but that's I mean that's a that's a quick, very filling. We didn't eat much today meal, um, so I mean you guys try it out. I gave you gave you the recipe. Spice it up if you want and leave it in the comments if you guys tried it and if you like it. Definitely try out that chicken recipe. I'm, uh, just follow your heart when you season, man. That's or all just, I have to say. Or just roast us. Or honestly. just roast just us. Just comment yeah. and say something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, all that. Um, and I guess we will um, we'll break the news, I guess. Um, we are attempting to get it into the more, uh, we'll say, the video sphere. I, I guess um, so. We will have some live cooking videos. Yes. I will do. I will do some knife tips with a nasty. I'll teach you guys some uh, some basic technique. Which I mean, I don't. I I no. I don't. I didn't go to culinary school, so this is just me being self taught. Um, I'm sure Chris will get on there as well. Show of some course. recipes, but um, just we wanted to break into you know the the Instagram reels, the TikToks, and that verse. Um, yeah, Bertha, Bertha, and Estella, and Liliana, and Maria all taught me how to cut with a knife. So, oh, okay. Shout out to all of them who are definitely not listening, but I still love them. At the Desert, Desert Moon. Moon. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's the food portion. So, uh, again, let us know what you guys think. Try out the recipes, and we'll see you right after this. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, on this very special day. Very special episode, and it has nothing to do with uh, Walk Daddy's anniversary, and it has all to do with the NHL playoffs and the NFL draft, because oh boy, is it time. And for those of you who know me, NFL draft season is my Christmas. So, um, let's just start it off. We'll talk some baseball real quick. Um, we're still fairly early in the season. Yankees, they're about as middling as you can be. Their last 10, they're 5-5. Five and five. Um, they are missing a lot. Um, some bad news for Rodon. He's most likely out till mid-June. We knew this was going to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. We knew there, this was going to happen. We've lost Stanton, obviously, now. Yep. Stanton's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Josh Donaldson is out probably until June. Um, Aaron Hicks is still struggling. We are still... Uh, we are still Sands Harrison Bader. We are still Sands Jonathan Loizaga, as well as Luis Severino. So we are the walking wounded. 
Um, and to be where they're at, I believe it's like 13 and 9 or something like that. They're they're in third place or so in the division. Um, to be where they're at right now, is it's a win for me, to be completely honest with you. Uh, what do you think about that, Chris? They're playing all right. They're playing okay. I mean, um, they looked pretty good in the series against the Angels uh, last week, midweek. They looked pretty good. I mean, they lost the opener, and then they came back with two wins after that. You know, they... They just they just have to kind of stay where they're at. Honestly, don't fall below five hundred, mm-hmm. right? You're gonna get healthy. It's still April. the The season is not even a full month old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, next weekend it will be. Let's see if they can't rattle off five wins this week. You yeah, know what I mean? We're at the. I mean, we're at the keep it keep the head above the water. Right, mental and they've done it. There. Yeah. They've done it. They're they're nothing special right now. No. Um. Uh, I, I know we talk about Anthony Volpe every time we do the pod. I really like what I've seen from him the past week. Um, I, you know, they're they're fine right now. Yeah. Garrett Cole is pitching great. Keep him healthy. Uh, Nestor's pitching great. Yeah, they're okay. They're going to be fine. Yeah. And we're again, we're maybe in August. We're going to be. This is going to bite us in the butt. But the Rays are going to come down to earth. Yep. Yep. They're going to continue. To fall back towards 500, I think. Yeah, it's, I mean, like I said, we said this a few episodes ago. It was the situation where they were just, I mean, they were playing these not great teams. They're playing some decent teams now. They're they're taking their losses. I mean, they got blown out by Cincinnati, but they followed that with, I think they blew them out back-to-back games after yeah. that. Um, they're setting records. I think they have a home run in every game so far um, this season, which is a record to start a season but they're they're one of those teams where, like we said, unless it's going to be a 2019, I believe, Red Sox year, um, where everything was firing on all cylinders from day one, and then they just went on to win the World Series, um, they're going to come back down to earth as every team does, unless you get you know a, a spectacular run. But I mean, injuries are going to happen. I believe they already lost Springs. I think it was um, they lost one of their pitchers to Tommy John. But you know, injuries are going to happen. People are going to slump, but. They're just, as of right now, everybody's firing on all cylinders. And we know in baseball, through a 162-game season, that doesn't last. So No. Nothing nothing I'm really afraid of, to be honest with you. Um, but, I mean, that's 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 pretty much it. Um, and I know Chris mentioned the Angel series. <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you tell our viewers um, what made that Angel series so special for you? So, actually, it was in the loss, the 5-2 loss last Tuesday... Um, just a day after we were talking negatively about the direction that ticket sales have gone (laughs) and, uh, how seats that are more than a hundred dollars are way out of my budget. (laughs) That has not changed. But what actually happened the very next day is we found ourselves, uh, sitting in the legends box at Yankee stadium, 24 hours after recording, uh, that pod last week, and I mean, this story, I could take an hour to tell how it, what everything that went on, but just this the, from hearing on Monday night about uh, Aunt having the tickets to be, being able to go to then finding out that afternoon yeah. where the tickets were while I was teaching math uh, to <laughs> to my class. Um, it was pretty surreal, honestly. Uh, it was pretty surreal. Um, and and 
I, I it was just an unbelievable experience. Yeah, I, I ate more fresh. I ate more free fresh lobster in my life than I have. Um, yeah, I, I ate more free fresh lobster that day than I had the rest of my life, which is pretty funny to me. Uh, um, yeah, I mean it's funny. <laughs> we I'm not a huge seafood guy. Um, uh, our friend Brian seemed to really enjoy the seafood. Uh, we made a new friend. Shout out to our our new boy Justin. Uh, who 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 lives in, what is it Brewster Manpack? He he's lives, in he's in New York. He's in New York. He's local to us. Um, but he's a customer of yours at your job. Yeah, that's a cool story. I'll give him uh, a little shout out. Yeah, and uh, he's a manager over at a uh, a bar in Danbury, and um, so he ended up coming with us in the most unbelievable turn of events in history to him. Something he goes to games every week. It was a dream come true for him to sit there. He made three new friends in the process. I mean, just really a cool story. It was fun for me. I think I think maybe this is the teacher or the parent in me coming up, but it was really fun to watch him enjoy it. Like the yeah. unbelievableness of the whole experience. Yeah. I mean, you walk down into the place and it's like, I don't belong here. Yeah. Some people do. <laughs> we did I, not. We did not. We did not. Uh, but we were still there. Uh it was just everything was provided for you, except alcohol, obviously. Uh, but and then the seats were third row from the dugout, uh, the Angels dugout. We watched Otani crush a two-run home run in the first off Clarky. Um, pretty unbelievable. I really didn't care about the score of the game. No, no, two train the, rides the, at a baseball game the, in the Legends box. The Yankees, the Yankees could have gotten no hit, and I would have been totally okay with it. Um, but let's 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 pivot. On the emotional scale, and let's go from super, super happy at the Legend Suite, Chris. Let's talk about your Islanders. So I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be super sad. So let's. So Did somebody say super sad? Oh, <laughs> where, where? <laughs> I don't see the fresh deli meat. The fresh meats. <laughs> I I'm not gonna get on this pod today and be upset or angry, or frustrated with the Islanders and how they've been performing in their series. Um, and I'll tell you why. So, when the playoffs started, so this was two pods ago when we found out the Islanders were on the precipice of making the playoffs, I said, just win a game. Win one game. So, last Friday night, the Islanders won commanding fashion 5-1 against the Hurricanes to make that a 2-1 uh, lead for the Hurricanes in the series. And then on Sunday... Um, afternoon, Sunday afternoon, you know, afternoon games have not suited the Islanders well for a number of years. They just historically over the past five or so years have not played well. I don't have a stat, but they, I, it's been talked about on their blogs online. You could find that, uh, day games have not been good news for the Isles. It just always seems like they, uh, they're not ready for the game. So, in game four yesterday, or Sunday, if you're listening, on Tuesday, which you will be, um, the Islanders took one on the chin, 5-2. They came out flying, and then there was a questionable penalty uh, called on Zach Parise for goalie interference. He was clearly, clearly shoved into anti-Ronta, the goalie, and he got a penalty, and then another penalty was called on Ryan Pulak. Five on three Hurricanes. They score one goal. I said, if you get out of this five on three, only giving up one, we're okay. They gave up one. They were okay, except they were stifled the rest of the game. Their offense was completely stifled. 
and they had nothing going for them, and they dropped the game 5-2. They're down 3-1 in the series. They play again on Tuesday um, in Carolina. Listen, they've won one game. If you push a game six, it's at home. Cool, bonus hockey. They owe me nothing as a fan. They made the playoffs. I'm really happy I got to be part of Islanders playoffs, and it's not quite over yet. So one thing that I know Chris mentioned, I don't remember if he said it on the pod, but I know he definitely said it to me. Um, we proved, He said, we proved we belong here. And mm-hmm. that, I believe that was after game one or game two, where it was super, super. It yep. was game one. Yeah. That's what he said. He said, I don't care if we lose in five, we belong here. Yeah, we um, do. And we... They, they proved it. I mean, they're putting up a fight. They're playing great hockey. Right. Um, I, I, I think in general in hockey, uh, the refereeing in the playoffs this year is is not good. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of being mean to refs or getting on refs, but I think you could find every series and there's complaints. They're calling a ton of penalties. Usually yeah. that's where the refs put the whistle in their pocket in the playoffs, but not this year. Well, especially not against my Minnesota Wild because we are now tied in a series 2-2 that we should not be tied in. Um, Wild came out and they took game one from Dallas. Dallas took game two in a questionable fashion. Um, Fleury started that game um, and um, John Merrill started um, as a defensive pairing. And let's just say there's a reason John Merrill is no longer starting I believe the Wild gave up seven goals. Yep, it tied, seven three. It tied the flower for his most playoff goals ever given up, which is that's not ideal at all. Um, but you can't blame him. Then uh, Minnesota came back and they won Game Three. They took that game, I believe, five to two. Um, Matt Zuccarello had two. Felino had one. Uh, five one. Five, five one. There, yeah, five, it was one. the Islanders and uh, Wild. Five, yeah, it was one the same wins score. Yeah, on Friday. Yep. Um, and then last the night. Crack. Uh, thank you. Last night, or I believe two nights ago, um, nice. from from when you're listening yeah, to this Sunday night, um, Dallas has even the series at two to two. Now the issue I have, they had won that game three to two. The issue I have with that game, the issue, mouse. <laughs> the issue I have with that game is um, two of the. It should have been a three-one game, Minnesota. Both of the two of the scoring tries. Um, Two, actually, both of the Tyler Sagan goals were on absolute garbage calls on Moose, uh, Marcus Foligno. Um, one of them was an interference call when, I the, I mean, the puck was, I don't remember who he hit, but the puck was still on his stick. Um, they called an interference. They went, Dallas went on the power play, and Dallas went out and scored. Um, and then the next one, it was also on Marcus Foligno. They had two power plays. Both of them were because of Foligno. Um, Chris, I don't know if you saw this. Marcus Foligno, they, they, it was Marcus Foligno and Brad, is it Brad Marchment? I don't remember his name. Brian Marchment? I think it's such with a B. Marchment on the Dallas Stars. Um, and Foligno, they, they, they called it the Foligno train and Marchment was on the tracks. And Foligno was flying towards the bench. He was about to put Mason. Him, Mason. Mason. Mason Marchment? Mm-hmm. Really? Mason Marchment. Mason. Brad's his dad. That's right. Mason Marchment. Um. So he had um, he had been Felino had been going to you know hit him, check him, put him up over into the bench, and it somehow appeared that Marchment hit Felino directly in the face with his stick. And by appear somehow, I mean it split his forehead and his nose open. Um, and somehow out of that conglomerate of place, hi Sabrina, baby. 
And somehow in that conglomerate of plays, um, Felino got called with a tripping. Yeah. Uh, I apologize. Like, I don't know if he was supposed to apologize that his body was on the ground after yeah. getting hit in the face with a hockey stick. Um, but that in turn led to the second Tyler Sagan goal. Yeah, it's a lot of nonsense. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. I mean, in the Bruins-Panthers series, it ha- it's happening too. Uh, Kachuk, okay, Matthew Kachuk is is under fire by the Bruins, and he's going to be in big trouble come uh, game five. Oh boy. Because he received a shot from Linus Olmark yesterday. Towards the end of that game, about three, just under four minutes to go in the game yesterday, Bruins were blowing out the Panthers anyway. Um, And they leave that series 3-1. But Matthew Kachuk was digging a little bit extra at Olmark, and Olmark took his gloves off and said, I'm not going to take this anymore, and he wanted to fight him. And Olmark got a misconduct and got thrown out of the game, and that did not happen to Kachuk. No. I mean, it's clear in that series that the Panthers, and I am not a Bruins advocate, usually, ever. But the Panthers have succeeded in making me really not like them. Yeah. To the point where I'm rooting for the Bruins. I'm rooting for the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Unbelievably. Because I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of his nonsense. And the refereeing is making it difficult on a lot of games to flow nicely. I've seen in the Islanders, we talked about the Stars and Wild, the Panthers and Bruins. Bruins don't care, obviously. They're, they're good enough where yeah. it doesn't bother them. Every series, there's been issues with the officiating. And I've never seen a playoff year, Ant, where the calls for penalties have been the same as in the regular season. Usually, hi, Savvy. Usually that's where you put the whistle away and you only call half the penalties. But they're calling so many penalties this playoff. It's very frustrating for everybody. They are. And ladies and gentlemen, we are being joined by a special guest, Miss Sabrina Walker. Do you have something to say to us, Sabrina? Can you say hi? Uh, She's not not taking comments at this time. No comment. Uh, No comment per per Sabrina Walker. Um, But yeah, I mean... This, the whole playoff, playoffs are always great. This is playoff hockey. I mean, you've seen how physical the Stars and the Wild have been playing. Um, that's, I mean, that's what hockey's about. I mean, there are, there's clean hits, there's questionable hits in that series. Um, but it's, I mean, it's playoff hockey and you're, you're trying to, you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. Um, right. And, which and, is, go ahead. No, go ahead. And I don't want to go back to the Islanders too much, but what happened yesterday really on, well, Sunday, really, was the referees decided that the Islanders' physical play was not going to be tolerated. That was what happened yesterday. And it's, they had 16 hits in the first period. They had 11 more hits in the whole rest of the game. They were getting called for penalty after penalty by Wes McCauley, one of the best referees in the NHL, I will say. It's one of the only ones I know by name. <laughs> I was very surprised at how it was on both sides. It wasn't just the Islanders getting victimized by him. It wasn't like unfair towards the Islanders. The Islanders got a number of power plays that were also on very weak calls. Mm-hmm. Calls that in the playoffs usually go un- uncalled. Almost every time... Holding usually gets let up on. Mm-hmm. Uh, tripping, you call. 
Um, but other little holding, slashing, those things usually get eased up on, and they're not, and well, it's bothering me. Well, I've noticed, too, in the in the Minnesota series, we're going to talk about a lot about Minnesota and a lot about the Islanders, because that's the series, those are the series we're watching. Like, we're, we're paying attention to everything, but we are, I mean, we're living and breathing these two series right now. Um, but I've noticed in the Minnesota ones, they've kind of let, after game one, where uh, Ryan Suter was abusing... Kirill Kaprizov to no calls, which is unbelievable. I mean, he cross-checked him three or four yeah. times. It was bad. Um, they're letting Kirill. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but he's been he's slashed he's him been every very feisty. game. Every game he's been catching. He's been catching Suter specifically, and they're not saying anything. Um, it's funny all of the Minnesota pages, and they're like, "Oh, they're, he's, you know, Suter's going to feel that one from Kirill, and it's three or four times, and he's getting him in the wrists and the ankle. Like you could you could tell they're letting it go a little bit, but I, I, there's. The calls are impacting games, which shouldn't shouldn't be the shouldn't be the issue. Right? I, and I'm surprised that I'm saying it because it's never been like that before in the playoffs. Regular, especially the beginning of the regular season, a lot of penalties get called. But they're calling pen. I mean, the Islanders have gotten what 15 minor penalties called against them in four games. Yeah. I know why they're getting more penalties than the Hurricanes, and that's because the Hurricanes are a faster team. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the hooking. You're going to get the holding, mm-hmm. the tripping, because your feet aren't moving. I get it. But 15 penalties in four games, that's, that's a lot of penalties yeah. and for any team well, to get. Just, just Ryan Suter in, through, through four games has 10, 10 penalty minutes, not 10 penalties. So he has, I mean, you figure if they're all minors for two minutes, it's all... It's five it's minors five, it's in five four minors. games yeah. for one player. Yeah, well, and it's it's funny, too, because Chris and I have our chat or whatever, and every time Felino goes to the box, it's it's Felino again. What is this guy good for? But, you know, obviously you see him, Brendan Duhame, Revo, you see guys like that. Those are, I mean, they're, they're killing it in hits, and that's what they're good for. But um, Felino had a goal the other night, which was nice. He had two. No, he didn't have the empty dinner. Hartsy had the empty dinner. Um, but it's great when you're physical. But if you're gonna, if it's gonna be called as tightly as it is, then it really takes a lot of some teams' game away. I talked about the Islanders. Um, there's other teams that are big hitting teams. We talk about the Wild series a lot. That Kraken Avalanche series is a heavy hitting series, and there's a lot of penalties in that too. And Edmonton and L.A., another series that there's a lot of bodies going, you know, flying around. And that's when you end up seeing games 5-4 in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. 6-5, 4-3 even. When the game is 2-1, you don't see a lot of penalties called. No, you do not. And there's so many high-scoring playoff games already this year uh, in just about every series. I think... I think that the Tampa Bay series is another one that bothers me with all the penalty calls. There's been very high-scoring games, all three. But I don't know. I just haven't found a series where I'm like, wow, this is being called right. Mm-hmm. I'm very upset about it. But, I mean, all in all, aside from the ref show, as always, playoffs have been fairly good. It's been great. Um, games have been great. They've been high energy. They've been uh, a lot of drama already. Right. So, And, and the fun thing is an Islanders fan with a team that wasn't really expected to do much in the playoffs or even really make it midway through the season. I'm I'm just really like I'll watch every game. I, I told you, Ant, 
that always, I have this thing where usually if the Islanders lose, I won't watch the highlights of oh, the games. Yeah. Even if the Islanders lose, I'll still watch another game yeah. in the playoffs because we're we're part of it. We made it. We're here. Yeah, exactly. I'm and, part and, of the conversation, and, and hopefully next week I will be out of the conversation, <laughs> and I can say we were in the playoffs. And I'm not happy. and not for nothing, you guys. You're not being manhandled. You're no. You're playing well. They look terrible on Sunday, but other than that, they played great. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh boy! Oh boy! It's my time. It's time for Anthony Panthony, everybody. Uh, so my Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Um, this will come out Tuesday. The draft is on Thursday. I mistakenly decided I would work an open to close, so I will be watching from... I know. Oh. I know. I will be watching from the comfort of my chair at work, at least the first couple picks, and then I'll have it on on the ride home. It's not terrible. No, it's not awful. Um, it's not too bad. Um, but one pick that I'm not going to be worried about because I'm saying right now, write it in pen, my Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young, write it down, quarterback out of Alabama. Um, he is easily the best prospect, quarterback prospect in this draft. Um, you have your guys like Anthony Richardson, who they say is a physical monster. He's a physical freak, gifted physically. Bryce Young, while not as big, um, you know, sir, he's surgical in the pocket. He can extend plays. He's great on play action. But he has um, the intangibles. Now, there's a test in um, the NFL during the combine process, and it shows your processing, and it's a big indicator of your um, skills as a quarterback and your processing and decision-making. And out of 99%, Bryce Young scored a 98. Um, That's the highest quarterback score ever. Um, Now, meanwhile, um, there are reports, allegedly, I don't know anything because I'm not in that realm, but um, there are reports that C.J. Stroud scored a 19%, and that uh, is going to make him fall, which I'm going to reflect in this mock draft. So um, pick two, um, I don't think Houston Texans go quarterback. Um, I think they're either going to trade out or they go best player available. In this case, I'm not going to do any trades. Um, So pick two, I have them taking the best overall player in the draft. That's Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. Um, pick three, Arizona Cardinals. Like I said, I'm not doing any trades. This would be, you know what? I lied. I'm going to do a trade. (laughs) I was waiting. (laughs) I lied. Arizona Cardinals. Um, I can't see, uh, them taking anybody at this, at this pick with Will Anderson Jr. off the board. I think a team's going to want to move up for a quarterback. And I think personally that the team that moves up for a quarterback is going to be the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to move up past their uh, in-division rival, Indianapolis Colts, and I think the Tennessee Titans, who are now on the clock, I think they're going to go quarterback, and I believe that the pick will be... uh, (laughs) I don't want to say it. I think it's going to be Will Levis. Um, I think Will Levis is one of those quarterbacks where uh, his film doesn't show much. Um, I think he can sit behind Tannehill for a year or so and develop, which is what they're going to want. Um, but I, I think they move up and uh, Tennessee moves up with Arizona and they take a quarterback. Now, pick four, I think uh, this is the C.J. Stroud spot. I think C.J. Stroud falls right to the Indianapolis Colts. They get their quarterback for the future. Um May not be a wonderful quarterback. Um, you never know. Uh, I, I'm not sold on Ohio State quarterbacks. Um, with you know, tragically with Dwayne Haskins, with Justin Fields, um, 
we can't count Joe Burrow. He's an LSU quarterback, but I'm not too high on those Ohio State quarterbacks, but that is to be seen. Uh, next up, pick five, um, Seattle Seahawks by way of the Denver Broncos. I have them also going quarterback. They just signed uh, Geno Smith to a three-year deal. I think they go Anthony Richardson. It's going to be another situation where he sits. Um, yeah, I think Anthony Richardson is the most physically talented, most physically gifted quarterback, remnants of Cam Newton. Um, he just needs some work, and who else to shape him than Pete Carroll with the help of Geno Smith? Uh, next, we have the um, the first of the first round picks of the Detroit Lions by way of the LA Chargers, or I'm sorry, sorry the LA Rams. Um, Detroit, I think they're going to go Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of. Illinois. Um, I think he's the most well-rounded cornerback. He does everything well. He can play zone. He can play man. He could come up and tackle. Um, so I'm thinking Devin Witherspoon is the pick. Pick seven. This is the Vegas Raiders. I think there's going to be a run on cornerbacks because they're going to take Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon cornerback. Um, I think he's also a great um Great corner. I don't think he's as well-rounded as Devin Witherspoon. I think he's a little bit of a better athlete. Um, but I think those picks, honestly, could be interchangeable. I think it could be Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez going 6 or 7 or vice versa. Uh, up next, we have the Atlanta Falcons. And the Atlanta Falcons, at the moment, um, they're ro- I guess they're rolling out Desmond Ritter. I would assume they're rolling out Desmond Ritter because all of the big quarterbacks this year are off the board already. Um, I think this is a spot where they could either trade out or take um, some interior help. Um, That's why I have them taking Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman out of Georgia. I think he's the best player in this draft. Um, I'd say a very close second to Will Anderson. Um, Jalen Carter is a monster. I think you keep him in Georgia. Um, he does have some off-the-field issues with the whole racing past or whatever, um, but the interior of that defensive line, um, it, it just can't it can't be one-sided anymore. You need to add some you need to add some help. I'm blanking on their defensive tackle's name right now. My dad would kill me, but oh, he's yelling it at his radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think they I think they they take Jalen Carter to help uh, help beef up that defensive line. Uh, pick nine by way of my Carolina Panthers. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. Um, I think they need some O-line help. They did go out and they got a bunch of help um, with some skill positions, adding DJ Moore, adding some receivers. But I think they need some help here. Um, I think the pick is going to be Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. Um, I think they have him as a tackle. I think he might be more suited as a guard with his shorter arms, as most people would say. But... I believe uh, Peter Skaronsky is the pick there. He's the best overall offensive lineman. Pick 10, we have the Philadelphia Eagles by way of the New Orleans Saints. This pick, um, I don't want to say Bijan Robinson, but I'm going to say Bijan Robinson just for the fact that um, he's a menace. Uh, they've, I mean, I've heard on Twitter he's the closest thing to Christian McCaffrey to come out. Eagles have a great running game. I think they go Bijan. Next up, we have Tennessee, uh, not Tennessee Titans. It would have been the Tennessee Titans. It is now the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals need a lot of help. I think, hi. 
I think you shore up your defensive line. I think you can't go wrong with um, Kalijah Kansi or Nolan Smith. Um, I think they're going to go on an edge. They're going to replace uh, J.J. Watt. I think they go Nolan Smith out of Georgia. The next pick is the Houston Texans. Second pick by way of Cleveland. Texans need a lot. Um, I think the Texans, I'm going to say Miles Murphy. That's my pick. Um, hello. We have a little one helping me with my draft today. Is Miles Murphy the pick, Savvy? Yeah? She said nah. Nah. <laughs> Miles Murphy's the pick. Next up, um, we have, like I said, the uh, Houston taking Miles Murphy. Now we have uh, a little surprise. Uh, the Green Bay Packers on the clock at pick 13. I think it's funny, Chris, that they're going to wait until Rodgers is gone to yeah. take a wide receiver. And I think that's going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Um, I think they finally get somebody for Jordan Love to throw to. So that's that's my pick, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Pick 14, um, New, uh, New England Patriots. I think they go strong safety. Brian Branch out of Alabama. He just screams Patriots to me. He's from that Alabama pipeline. Um, they need a safety, so I think that's the pick. Um, New York Jets, after just adding um, after just adding Aaron Rodgers in a huge deal, they're picking here. I think the pick is Paris Johnson Jr., tackle out of Ohio State. I think they could slot him in left tackle, right tackle. He's played guard. Oh, I know. Go blue. I know. Go blue. <laughs> um, I think they can slot him left tackle, right tackle, guard. I think it all works. Next up, um, pick 16, we have the Washington Commanders. Commanders need a lot, um, but I'm thinking Dalton Kincaid, I believe is how you say his name. He's a tight end of Utah. He's going to be a... Uh, He's going to be an elite pass catcher for Sam Howell this year and probably another form of quarterback next year, whether it be Caleb Williams or somebody in that realm. But I think he's going to be a good little security blanket. Pick 17, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. The halfway point of the draft. I'm halfway. Pittsburgh Steelers, boy, do they need help on the offensive line. Uh, I think the pick here is Broderick Jones out of Georgia. The guy's a menace. He can play either tackle spot. I think they go Broad Jones. Next up, pick 18, we have the second of the Detroit Lions picks. Um, I think this might be time to go get another wide receiver. They have Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Jamison Williams is suspended again for six games, I believe, for gambling on college basketball. Uh, but it was in the uh, Lions facility, so that's against the rules. Uh, free... Free Jamison Williams. Um, I think the pick here is Quentin Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU. Gadget guy. I think he can compliment them well. I think Jamison Williams will fill in the slot. You have a really good one, two, three. Um, pick 19, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, boy. Tampa Bay needs a lot. Um, they lost a lot. I think they I think they can get a, a person that's going to slip a little bit here, and I think they're going to go ahead and they're going to take a defensive lineman, Kalijah Kansi, out of Pittsburgh. I know Aaron Donald is very – it's the easy one. They both go to Pittsburgh. They're both similar-sized, but 
they're different players. Kalijah Kansi is a great player, but he's no Aaron Donald. I think he's going to fill in um, that D-line. Vita Vey is not going to be a man-eater forever. Uh, pick 20, we have the Seahawks' second pick. I think this is... We're going to see our first um, interior offensive lineman come off the board here. I think Osiris Torrance out of Florida comes out. He's going to plug and play. He's a great guard. He's the prototypical guard that you see. Um, so I think that's pretty cut and dry. Um, pick 21 would be the Miami Dolphins. That pick is forfeited um, because of the um, tampering, I guess yep. we'll call it, with, um, with uh, oh, my God, what's your coach name? Um Brian Flores, the tampering with Brian, Brian Flores. Um, so now that is the um, Los Angeles Chargers. They are on the clock. <sighs> they need a lot. I'm, th- I'm going to think wide receiver here. Um, so I'm going to go with wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC just because I think he's well-rounded. They've had they've had issues with wide receiver for a very, very long time. My friend Tyler, my, my good friend Tyler, who you met at I the wedding, him. Uh, who's expecting a baby any time now, <laughs> any moment now, uh, is a big Chargers fan, so he would agree with you. Okay, all right, we love that. Tyler, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, pick 22, We're going to be in the delivery room, sorry. <laughs> Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens, uh, I think they need some help. They did just sign Odell Beckham. I think they're going to go Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland. I think they're going to address the other side of the ball. They do need a corner at the moment. Um, next up, we have the pick 23. We have the Minnesota Vikings, and this is going to be my wild pick of the, of the draft. Um, I'm thinking quarterback Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. Uh, a lot of people have him as a second or third round grade. I think he's top three quarterbacks. Um, he's a little older. He's coming off of an ACL. But what he did at Tennessee with what he had around him was unbelievable. I mean, he was a, he was a Heisman candidate. I think he would have won it if he never got hurt. Um, so I'm saying pick 23, Hendon Hooker. Um, you heard it here first. Write it down. He's going to be the successor of... Um, Kirk Cousins when that when that saga ends. We're almost done here, Chris. Pick 24. No, I'm just keeping an eye. Keeping an <laughs> no, eye. I know. Pick 24, Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Jacksonville Jaguars need a lot of offensive line help, so they're not getting um, so they're not getting Trevor Lawrence killed. Um, they did have some bigger um, signings when it comes to uh, their tackles. I can't remember who exactly they brought in. Um, I don't remember who they brought in. Um, regardless, I think they're going to take a center here, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. He's been the most consistent center um, out of the last out of the last uh, couple years in college. Um, I know taking a center in the first round is unheard of, but the Ravens took Tyler Linderbaum last year, and he was one of the uh, better performing. Next, pick twenty five, we have the New York Dumpster Giants. Um, and boy, do they need help. Uh, I think they need everything because they're an absolute dumpster fire. Playoff team. <laughs> Playoff team. Yeah, let's sure. Um, <laughs> mm. I think they need a lot of help. Again, their, their left tackle, right tackle spot is done. They have a good defensive line, but they have no skill positions. I think the pick here is Michael Mayer. That's tight end out of Notre Dame. I think he can fill that Jeremy Shockey role pretty well. Um, I think he can be a good pass catcher, a great blocker. I think he can help Saquon out in the run game. So we are going to pencil in Michael Mayer to the 
New York Giants, pick 26. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Oh, man. Dallas needs – they need a lot. Uh, I think they're going to address their defensive line here. Um, I want to see – I want to mock – you know what? It's Dallas. I'm going to mock a second running back to play second fiddle to Tony Pollard because Zeke is gone. Give me Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Um, I don't think he's the second best running back, but he's a very gadgety running back. So I think I think you could slot him in there. Um, they do need some help skill position wise. It was either him or Zay Flowers, but I want Zay Flowers to fall to Carolina's second pick. So I'm going to be a little biased. I'm not going <laughs> to slot him in there. Um, pick 27, Buffalo Bills on the clock. Um, you saw their run game absolutely fall apart. Yeah. Uh, but it's that's a scheme issue. That's not a running back issue. I think they go. Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State, they cannot get passed on as much, especially now with Rodgers in that division, with Tyreek Hill in that division, with Tua if he ever decides to to throw good passes. Um, and not get concussed. And not get concussed. Uh, pick 28, we have um, the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals are fun to me. Um I'm just going to keep it simple. Eli Apple has not been it over the last two years. I think Joey Porter Jr. is going to go there, and I think he's going to terrorize his dad's old team in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Next, we have the trash cans of the New Orleans Saints. You heard it here first. Can't stand them. Trash cans. <laughs> um, even though they do need a quarterback, um, I don't think I don't think Derek Carr is the answer. Um, I'm going to say. Ooh, this is going to be tough for me because I don't want to... I'm going to say Lucas Van Ness, edge out of Iowa. Somebody to play across from Cam Jordan because the Cam Jordan era is about to be over. He's fairly... He's aging. I think Lucas Van Ness is pretty good. Um, second to last pick, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the, they already took Bijan Robinson. And we know... Their general manager loves their big boys up the middle, so I have them taking with their second first-round pick, Tyree Wilson, edge out of Texas Tech. Can fill a bunch of roles, um, move him inside or outside. I think he's really good. Um, so that's their second first-round pick. And to round it out, Chris, we have the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I guess I'll do it. I'm going to say wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College. Like I said, I wanted him to fall to... Um, I wanted him to fall to the Carolina Panthers second round pick, but I don't think it's going to happen. He's great. Um, I think he's wide receiver one personally, um, but that's I mean that's my two cents. And the big, I, I want to know after this <laughs> is said and done, we're gonna go back and we're gonna see what percentage of this you got right because I, I know this is this is your <laughs> realm right you heard me talk the whole time right yeah uh this is anthony's realm and i want to see because he does a lot of research on nfl draft you hear sabrina in the background um he does a lot of nfl research a lot of nfl draft this is like you said this is his christmas this is my thing okay that's why i shut up for once in my <laughs> life um i'm interested to see the backside of this, when it's all said and done, the percentage of them that you get right. Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll do that. Uh, I want to hear what you guys think. Again, comment on everything. Comment on Instagram, TikTok. Let me know if you think I made the right pick for your team. If I made the wrong pick for your team, um, I just want to know, man. Share us all that stuff. Um, 
all that good stuff. Share, follow, tell a friend, um, all that. Because at the end of the day, I'm no expert, you know. Uh, I'd like to think I am. We can become experts. I'd like to think I am, but at this point, I'm just you know I'm just a guy that watches a lot of film. Um, but uh, that's I mean that's all I have today for my NFL draft. We'll call this a special. Um, we will have our next. I believe it's our next one. Our next pod. We'll have our post draft special. Yep. Um, we'll do that on Sunday. That's going to be big. I cannot wait to unveil what we have for you guys that day. Um, Again, we'll talk about how, what the percentage, how, how he did. <laughs> we will talk about the percentage. Um, I'm the... going to hear it all week. Oh! <laughs> Look, you watch it. i got to watch it. I have to watch it. We'll Instead most... of hockey, I'm going to have to watch the NFL draft. We'll most likely have a, uh, a guest that loves to tell me when I'm wrong. So you guys will meet him soon. Oh, uh, can't wait for that one. Is it Melissa? It oh. is not. Melissa does love to tell me that I'm wrong. But... Uh, yeah, I mean we're running we're running pretty good here. I have nothing else to add. Um, but as always, I'm Anthony, and I'm Sports. I mean I'm Chris, <laughs> uh, and this has been another episode of Sports and Spaghetti. Again, like, comment, share, subscribe, follow, all that jazz. I don't care um, who you are, just do it. Yeah, I don't care. Because anybody that if you save it, if you save it, then it helps us. Yeah. If you watch it. It helps us. Yeah. Even you, if you know it annoys me that you watch it, you watch it, it still helps us. And you heard the baby in the background. You don't want to make her sad. No. She wants everybody to watch her uncle and her dad's podcast. That's right. Um, but again, Anthony, Chris, this has been Sports and Spaghetti. As always, stay full.